Well, good afternoon, Miner fans. Thanks for joining us. Happy to have you along, and welcome to the season's first edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel, and welcome to another season of UTEP Miners Football. We come your way from the Larry K. Durham Center, just outside the UTEP football offices on the UTEP campus on the north end of the Sun Bowl Stadium. And from now until 7 o'clock, we talk UTEP football with you. And this is the first of 13 shows that we will be bringing you this season. We'll also have one each and every game week uh, of the UTEP Miners 2020 campaign. And it all gets underway a week from this Saturday night uh, here in the Sun Bowl as the Miners take on uh, Stephen F. Austin in their 2020 uh, season opener at uh, 7 O'clock. And obviously, uh, much to get to on this first show of the season as Coach Dimmel's uh, set to begin his third season as the Miners' uh, head football coach. So we're anxious to talk uh, with Coach Dimmel, and we're anxious to hear from you as well. If you'd like to phone in a question at any time during the hour, 880-5763 is the number to call. That's 880-KROD. And also, if you'd like to uh, tweet to at UTEP Minor Voice. I'll also take your questions off of Twitter as well. So anything on your mind that pertains to uh, UTEP football or the college game, we'll be happy to talk about it uh, with you as we talk UTEP football for the first time in 2020 on the season debut of UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. So let's step aside real quickly. When we come back, Coach Dimmel will join me and join you as we talk UTEP football for the first time in 2020. It's UTEP football with Dana Dimmel, presented by Coors Light. Stay with us. We'll be right back on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to the Larry K. Durham Center, the season debut of UTEP football with Dana Dimmel, our first show of the season. So happy to be back with you. And again, during the program, if you'd like to talk to Coach Dimmel, 880-5763 is the number, 880-KROD, or you can tweet at UTEP Minor Voice on Twitter, and I'll be happy to pass along your uh, question or comment. Want to remind you that Pepsi is the official beverage sponsor of the UTEP Miners. Pepsi, that's what I like. And uh, Coach Dimmel joins me now, and uh, here we are. It's been a rather unusual off season, but uh, we're ten days away. We think from the UTEP Miners <laughs> playing football in 2020. Yeah, definitely. Um, been an extraordinary off season with all the things that have gone on, but. Uh, you know, here we are, ten days away, and it just gets—it just got up on you fast. You know, with everything that happened, and uh, you know, you're away from your team for such a long period of time, uh, and then you get them back and and start working, and all of a sudden you're ready to play a game. You know, so it's just been a really, really unusual season for us that way. And uh, but the positive side of it is here we are, just. Uh, what is it, nine days away from a ball game, right? So it's coming up on us fast. What was the most difficult thing about this offseason for the coaches? For the coaches, it was um, when we left spring ball after our sixth practice at spring ball, the guys were getting into such great shape. We thought the cumulative effect of our off seasons was starting to really take a great effect on the bodies of our players. And then you had the time from March until basically June 
where they were away from you, right? We weren't around them at all. And then the June was a volunteer basis. And so the strength coach, the strength coaches could be around them, but we could not be around them. And so just that time frame that you're normally with your guys, you're completing up spring ball and you're spending a lot of time with them was time that we didn't have. And so you came back with a very short cycle to get guys ready. And then of course you've had to, you know, all of us have had to stick and put, you know, stick and move with all the things that are, uh, attached to, to, to COVID as far as, you know, di- uh, contact tracing and all the things that affect the football team. So as a head coach, there's always just, it's always so dynamic of a time for you. It's just crazy. You know, the student athletes were all studying remotely during the, the spring semester. And obviously they're at home and they're doing their own thing and you really have no control over them. You, it's, it's very hard to watch over them right. when they're not in your facility day after day after day. Uh, I would imagine that was pretty frustrating. But from all reports, uh, as a whole, the student-athletes did pretty well academically well, while, I could, while studying gosh, at home. John, I'm so proud of how well we did academically. You know, obviously we didn't have any academic casualties, but just the GPAs. Uh, you know, I haven't put it all on paper right now, but just, just, and again, it's because a lot of the kids we're bringing in are a lot more, taking academics a lot more important, and that to me is really, really important to success. Uh, so that part of it is, sh- is shining, that, that, that these kids are a lot more academic oriented, and I like that because I think that shows itself on the field. And then, you know, our academic services did an unbelievable job with our players put in, put being put under the duress that they were put under and Denise and Heather and, and their crew did an unbelievable job with our guys and 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 um, it makes me feel good as a head coach that we're in a strong a much stronger position academically you know the pandemic obviously has created challenges for all of us but if you think of a college student and particularly a, a student athlete 18 to 22 year old kids they're have been used to doing things a certain way for their entire lives. And you talk about the curveballs that have been thrown these kids' way. And You know, you can think back to your college days. I can think back to my college days. One thing I didn't want to do, certainly, is uh, is isolate myself from others. And these kids, I think, have done a, a remarkable job in just about every aspect. They have. They've really done a nice job of trying to adhere to all the demands that are put on them. Uh, with being safe, you know, and they're and they're doing a good job with it because it's not easy for for people their age, uh, because it's such a social time of your life. And um, these guys are in that age group that uh, I was quoted a stat that uh, that forty six percent of the positives uh, in El Paso are between the ages of twenty and thirty years old. And so when you tell that to your players, they're in that, that, that's who they are. And so they're in the highest group of positive tests. And so they have to be real careful with what they do when they're not around us. You know, I think our, you know, per se bubble that we keep them in here is, is, is really, really a safe environment, you know, and obviously we're amping up our testing, what we're going to do with our testing with the guys. Of course, we're testing them very, very regularly, and that's a, that's a positive thing to keep them safe. But, you know, the thing we don't control is what they do outside the building. You know, you can't ultimately control that. But, uh, you know, the ones that really, really want to play the game of football and care about the game of football are, are taking care of themselves. You know, obviously there have been some positive tests, but when you talk about any group, forget a football team, any group of over 100 individuals, when you take uh, uh, players, staff, 
student uh, coaches rather uh, you're going to have some positive tests in this kind of scenario so by and large I think everyone's done very very well yeah you know when we test our group you test over 150 people when we test every you know we just tested this morning and that's what the numbers are 150 plus so it's a large group of people that are working together when you take in all the managers and the trainers and 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 everybody that's involved the film crew there's a lot of us that are involved in it, so keeping all of us taking care of each other is really, really important. Obviously, this is our first time to talk on the air since uh, last season ended back in late uh, November of last year. We have visited on the uh, on the podcast, but uh, there were some changes, as there always are during the off season. You made three staff changes. Barrick Neely now coaches your running backs, right. and your entire uh, secondary staff on the defensive side is new with Josh Brown and uh, Trevin Wade. Right, sure. Uh, you know, starting with the offensive side, Barrick's played for me at Houston and was just uh, done a tremendous job with us in every role that I've put him in. Um, he just great players have great respect for him. He has, you know, great uh, his the way they relate to each other and how they get along is just tremendous. And I really appreciate what he brings to the table. He understands what I want. He's great at delivering the message that I want to have delivered. And as a head coach, that's so important that the players are hearing the message that you want to have delivered to them. And he does a great job with that, and he's doing a great job coaching the running backs and and uh, just so happy to have him. You know, uh, he helps me in a lot of other ways, too, with administrative things as well. He's kept that role within our system, so he's just such a positive to our whole program. He's just really uh, somebody that I trust that, to do to do the things that I ask to get done, and, and uh, he's been really tremendous with that. And then um, – Josh and, and, and Trev and Josh Brown, you know, working with the safeties, I think he's a very, very, very knowledgeable coach. I think his uh, rapport with Coach Cox has been outstanding. I think that's meshed together. They've meshed together really well with what they're doing, and uh, Josh is doing a tremendous job. We put a lot of we put a lot on our safeties. I mean, we're very multiple with what we do, and our safeties have a lot on their plate, and Josh is doing a really good job of communicating with them. You know, last year, Remington Rebstock actually had – was was coaching the safeties and the corners and that's just a lot you know it's a whole lot uh to put on anybody in our system and remington did an absolutely tremendous job with it you know he really is a really talented coach and great person and you know we're missing him but the nice thing is i've replaced him with josh who's doing a great job and then trevin wade who just brings again the great uh, rapport with the players uh he played at a high high level in college he played at a high high level in the nfl and uh, and, and can really relate to the guys about teaching them the techniques and they believe it and they they buy into it because they know he's done it and he's been taught by a lot of good people you know he's been taught by the stoops as you know as a player and then he's been taught by some amazing people at the nfl level uh in the secondary so trevin's got that knowledge base that really has been a a nice addition to us defensively so i feel really good about where our staff is right now scheme wise also the miners defensively have switched from a three a base three to a, a four man or an even front how much different are the miners going to look defensively this fall uh, we're going to look different you know we're going to look different because we're trying to get our playmakers in positions to make plays you hear about that offensively but it's the same thing on defense and uh, i think uh, you know uh, uh, mike cox does a great job with our guys and we got good multiplicity to what we're doing and uh and i feel like we got a good 
base of a coaching staff now with enough personnel on that side of the ball to really help us execute the schemes that we need to execute. And um, we're going to be very multiple with what we do, you know, but the bottom line is that we execute that. And then the big thrust is going to be because we've changed the personnel settings and how we're going to line up defensively uh, and vary it and mix it up is I think we're going to be able to do the things we really need to do, and that's create turnovers and get negative yardage plays, be more disruptive as a defensive football team. And obviously to do a better job holding up against the running game as well. I, I think that's one of the big keys to the season is how you handle the run, getting pressure on the quarterback, creating turnovers, and creating some field position for your offense. Yeah, okay, well, you just sum that up. <laughs> Of course, of course, of course, every football team in America is pretty much saying the same thing, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, but you they? must have been laying in, Were you laying in bed with me last night at 3 o'clock in the morning? Well, I how many that... times have we talked about this over the last couple of years? Huh? Uh, I didn't know you were right next to me in my mind. Well, right there. Those, I just thought about that on the drive into work. Those I, are the four things we got to get better at. I hate to bring up a nightmare, but I, I, I've got to do it because it just it, 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 it still, it's, still seems incredible to me, months removed from this particular fact. UTEP did not start one single offensive possession in 12 games on the opponent's side of midfield yeah, last you, year. I know, and you had pointed that out to me late in the season, yeah. right? And I'm like, wow, I didn't even think about that. And you know how that just stimulates everything that you're doing. And so that's our big thing this year is let's do that, right? Let, and that gives the offense so much momentum, and it gives uh, a pl- offensive play caller so much more ability to be creative and aggressive, right? You know, And the quicker we get the ball back, uh, you know, I've always said, said this as a play caller uh, the most important thing to me is be surrounded by a good defensive football team because as a play caller you want to be able to make your mistakes and know that you're going to get the ball back pretty quickly right because if you do that if you know that and you got a good feeling about that you can be a lot more aggressive as a play caller if you're worried about every call's got to be pristine and precise then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, do I do that or do I not do it? There's a lot of apprehension that goes into it. When you're good on defense, which I, I'm, I'm hoping and thinking that we're going to be this year, it just allows it. Just everybody feeds off a of good defense. Special teams feeds off of it. Offensive play feeds off of it. The season ended uh, in late November, and immediately you and your staff got to recruiting because now there are not one but two primary signing days in December, and then again in. Uh, in early February, and uh, you uh, you went heavily, heavily into the uh, junior college ranks and, and recruited a lot of transfers this time around. Yeah, and, um, you know, we felt like the high school guys that we recruited have been, you know, we're really pleased with those guys and that that's been a really positive for us. You know, I spent time and looked back, you know, at some of the things and the places where I've been, you know, Kansas State, we're always, you know, infamous for being able to recruit the junior college players and to be able to have them a big stimulus in your program. And so that hasn't changed from from that time. I visited with some of the other programs in Conference USA that had turned around programs that had come in and turned around programs. And for the most part, the one, the ones that had done it had used the junior college tool as a big part of what they were doing. So for us, it was important for us to be able to go out and do that, you know, because, again, uh, what we're trying to do with the junior college is we're really trying to supplement our talent level, you know, and that's what we felt like we've done. And I've been just really, really pl- I mean, the new faces that we have in um, that will be playing throughout this year, people are going to have to check our roster all the time. Because no question. It's just a bunch of new faces, but it's a bunch of talented guys. And there's more that have come in the last month or so that have added a lot to our football team. And more so, I think, on the 
defensive side yes. of things where you really needed a lot of help and a little bit of experience up front and at the linebacker spot. Right, and that's where we've added a ton. And even in the safety position, too, you know, we've added some some bodies there and some really talented players there up front. You know, um, probably the two starters are both going to be new junior college players, you know, Keenan Stewart and and Kelton Moss, you know, right now uh, that we feel like are a really good one-two punch for us there at the defensive uh, inside position. So looking forward to watching both of those guys, Jalen Rudolph, who's a new face for everybody because we redshirted him last year as a freshman, uh, is playing at a really high level. And inside as well, you know, we got Dedrick Simpson coming back, who has started for us in the past, started Mm -hmm. as a true freshman here. Uh, and and did did some really nice things as well in the play in the time he's gotten to play, he's working himself and doing some good things and he's in that rotation for us, you know, in the inside positions and then uh, we got a couple of freshmen that are really really talented that are just showing up and can really help us in Dresden, McIver Brown and Sione Tangaua who's doing a really nice job and really going to be a really really good. Uh, player for us as well inside and then Mike Ikes another true freshman we got that's coming and done some really good things so we're so deep there you know let's just stay healthy but we're just deep and talented uh, at that inside position. In February you signed a young man whose uh, name is very very familiar to minor fans because his older brother Zuri has started uh, since uh, his uh, first day on campus as a uh, freshman. He'll be a junior this year. His younger brother, Azizi, who is an offensive lineman, is also now a minor. Yeah, and I'm excited about Azizi. Azizi, I watched him run at our camp last year, and he's got he's got a, a larger, lower body structure than what he – they look like twins. I mean, they're mini-me's. He calls him mini-me, but uh, Azizi's got this lower body that's got some nice hip structure to him. And then I watched him run his 40 at our camp i'm like are you kidding me and then now the thing we found out about him that we didn't know is he's got heavy hands you know what i mean and that's you know that's the kind of guy guys you want playing offensive lineman where they punch you and you feel it you know and he's that might not necessarily have that weight room strength yet but it'll come and he's got super long levers but he's got that 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 real strong punch to him. So Azizi's going to be Zuri played as a true freshman for us, and Azizi we feel like has got a chance to be even more talented than Zuri. You've always said uh, since you arrived that uh, your recruiting efforts always work out from El Paso, but they always begin here. And you signed uh, three high school kids uh, from the city: Davis Burns, whose father uh, Keith is on the staff here at UTEP, played at Coronado High School, and a couple of linebackers: Keontae Liggins from Andrus and Xavier Simmons from Parkland. Yeah, talk about those guys. Start with Davis. Davis has had a really good camp, and no surprise there. Davis is almost at the point where we've thought about accelerating him into playing time this year. Um, at this stage, I wouldn't know if he's there yet or not, but he's really shown us some signs that he's definitely going to be a very very good player for us he's got a huge top end and um got good size at wide receiver that i like i mean there's no doubt that he's going to help us where he is as a freshman there's no doubt that he's going to really help us it's just whether you know how fast he comes along whether we need to have him come along this year but but again this stuff's just going to start multiplying for the guys that are just going these young guys keep getting more and more reps and then they'll just learn the system better and then they can really showcase what they can do ability wise so that's where davis is but he's shown us his ability level and then Keontae liggins is a linebacker that we 
really liked Ali Andrus and thought that he's got you know a huge upside to what he's doing and and is a you know got a chance to be a really good player for us. And then Xavier Simmons is another guy that nobody's talked much about that just came and started doing our volunteer workouts with us. You know, after we had recruited him, and I'm like, wow, can this guy run? And is he a great? He's such a great kid. So Xavier's got a chance to really help us in the future too. So we're excited about all three of those guys. Papa Q has tweeted me and asks, uh, when will the depth chart be released? Well. Some of it will be released here after this next commercial break because we're going to start to break down some of the minor personnel offensively and defensively, but when will you release a depth chart? Yeah, Anna Claire got that from me today. You know, obviously you're holding off on that until you get it from your opponents, so that plays into the situation a little bit, you know. But, again, for our fan base uh, to be able to talk about it some tonight, you know, you can really hear me talking about, you know, I'm pretty much going to go through it. We'll go through a lot of it tonight, but the reason for us not putting putting it out yet is because we want to get it from our opponent before we give them information. We want to do it at the same time. Again, you can tweet us at UTEP Minor Voice, or if you'd like to call, it's 880-5763, 880-KROD. We'll take another time out. We come back with Coach Dimmel. Uh, we'll start to break down the minors on the offensive side of the football. It's UTEP football with Dana Dimmel from the Larry K. Durham Center. Right back with more on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back. A reminder that Coors Light is an official sponsor of the UTEP Miners 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to the season opening edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel, the first of 13 shows. We'll have one on uh, each uh, game week this year. We'll not come to you during the uh, scheduled uh, bye week. And uh, speaking of the uh, the schedule, Obviously, things have changed a little bit with uh, the Miners' expected season-opening opponent, uh, Texas Tech dropping off, uh, Nevada dropping off. They won't be playing this fall, uh, and nor will uh, New Mexico State, obviously. Uh, so uh, Jim Center and his gang have gone out, and they've gotten uh, Stephen F. Austin for the opener. The Miners' second home game on the 19th will be Abilene Christian, and then uh, you'll play a road game at uh, Louisiana Monroe prior to the start of Conference USA play. Yes, uh, you know, looking forward to the schedule. I talked a little bit about that today uh, with the media earlier about how it's going to be a real good test for us. Obviously, the, 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 the marquee game is the Texas game, and that's going to be a tremendous test for us. This opening game against Stephen F. Austin, they're very athletic. You know, we won't talk too much about them tonight, as you talked about. John will hit them more next week as we get closer to kickoff, but they're a really athletic football team with good team speed, and we got to prepare and be ready for that game for sure. You know, obviously to start off our season, then it piggybacks into the Texas game, which our kids love playing the Texas game. I mean, that's exciting for them. We got them scheduled down the road every other year as we move forward. That's going to be a real positive series for us. And then we go, Abilene Christian comes back here, and it's just nice to be able to play here. We've talked about, you know, what our stadium can hold, and it's going to be fun to get our fans back in the stadium and our guys playing for, for the fans and seeing all these new faces that our football team has and watching them progress and the athleticism that we're going to have will show up for sure and it's going to be fun watching that for our fans to see you know how we're becoming more and more athletic as a football team and and then of course we go to La Monroe which is a very good Sun Belt team almost beat Florida State last year and uh, played Louisiana Lafayette who was a tremendous team last year uh, lost on last second field goal to them last game of the of the season for La Monroe. So La Monroe is a good football team. It'll be a really good test for us as it escalates into our open week and then heading into conference play. 
Abraham Rodriguez uh, tweets us at uh, UTEP Minor Voice. He says, should we look forward to a quadruple threat between Quadres Wadley, Deion Hankins, Josh Fields, and uh, and Flores, and will Willie Eldridge, who's a freshman I know that you really, really like out of the Houston area, will Willie Eldridge see playing time this year? Great question. Gosh darn, I'll tell you what. What a backfield, huh, guys? My goodness gracious. And we left out Ronnie Awat, who right. gets the ball and just hits it downhill hard and physical. I mean, he ran over two people today at practice. One of them was his own guy. And uh, the other one was the defensive lineman that was locked into him on a block. But Ronnie's really talented, too. And so what a backfield, huh? It's exciting to talk about those guys and to answer the Willie Aldridge. Willie Aldridge is going to be special. Willie Aldridge is a really, really, really good-looking back that's a great kid and, and loves to play. And Willie had been out for a little bit and came back today, and he's got he looked really quick and and did some really nice things at practice today. So what you know? What a dilemma that we have to try to figure out how we're going to get all these guys, you know, the ball, you know, and um, uh, you know that's going to be the test as the season moves along. We'll get back to uh, some of the offensive guys in, in just a moment, but uh, as you mentioned, you did get six of your fifteen on-field sessions in in the spring and in that regard you were fortunate because there are some programs in america that hadn't even started spring ball when things got shut down how much were you able to get done in the spring we were able to get a lot done in the spring and i look back at that because you know i was frustrated when we had to shut down for that week right out of the shoot you know basically we shut down and and uh, lost a week and and, um, you know, obviously our first opponent hasn't shut down at all. You know, they've kept going and kept rolling, and so they got an extra week. So we were just starting back up, and they had already had eight or nine practices and were way ahead of us in that cycle of things. And so I said to myself, but the positive thing is we did get six spring practices in, so hopefully that closed some of that gap that you feel as a head coach when you fall behind because of, of things like that. So, you know, that was a really good positive for us. And like I said, when, I, when we left the field before spring break, you know, we left uh, had a practice before spring break, go home for spring break, and boom, I don't see my guys again until, you know, June. Right. Who would ever thought, right? Who would ever thought um, that that would happen? But that was nice that we got that work in. You know, we talked about how unsettling this whole thing has been, and obviously you're a, a veteran coach. You've seen a lot of things. You, you've been a part of a lot of things. I can only imagine, and I'm sure you can as well, what this would be like for a rookie head coach, someone that's never been a head coach before and dealing with all of this. Yeah, it's got to be, you know, I have some friends that are taking over programs for the first time, and it's their first time as a head coach, and, and I, I can only imagine trying to put in new systems on both sides of the ball, trying to establish some type of principles and consistency and styles of what you do and practice routines of what you're doing and all that, you know, is obviously – uh, suspended for you, you know, with that or, 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 or dealing with, you know, the, 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 the time that was spent away and now you're trying to make up for things and not even the simplest things are in place, right? Because you haven't even instilled those into your program. So, you know, really a tough thing for anybody that's in their first year in a program. Well, since Abraham brought our attention to the running backs, uh, let's start there as we go to uh, the offense. Uh, for, let's start with Deion Hankins, of course, the young man from uh, the heralded young man from Parkland High School in El Paso, got uh, into a couple of games towards the tail end 
of last season. So he retains his full four years of uh, eligibility. Tell us what you've seen from Dion through the uh, off season and and into the start of uh, of uh, preseason drills. Yeah, through the off season, Dion was getting better, learning more, and then he spent the quarantine uh, getting himself stronger and 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 more ready to play. You know, some guys handle structure. Uh, the lack of structure, you know, well, and some guys don't, and Dion did. And Dion came back at 218, 220, you know, and big and, and can move. And now he's putting into the field, he's learning how to do all the other things that make you a well-rounded player. And uh, his game has gone just as I was hoping and anticipating from a redshirt year until this year to a whole different level at what we're seeing out of Dion right now. So I'm really excited to watch Dion play next Saturday. Of course, it's great to have uh, Quadres Wadley back, who was the Miners' leading rusher uh, two years ago, and then last year missed the entire season with a uh, toe injury. How's Q? Q's doing great. Q's a great presence on this team. He stays locked in and rock solid through any type of adversity he's had in the past. We know that when Q gets the ball in his hands, he's done some special things for us. And uh, so we're looking forward to him doing that again. He just has that it factor as a running back. He's very versatile. He can do all things well. He protects well. He's smart. He runs the ball you know, well. He catches the ball well coming out of the backfield. He understands the whole system extremely well. And so there's so many things that he brings to the table that make him a really important part of what we're doing. Believe it or not, uh, Josh Fields now a, a senior after a terrific career at America's High School here in El Paso, and uh, and Josh is always rock solid. Always seems to get the job done. Yeah, and he's got himself in the bet. He has got himself in the really really good shape. Had a great spring practices, and it started off hitting it hitting it running here in the fall too, and and has done some really good things through fall camp. So looking for him again. So there you go. The first those three guys in game one. Right. I mean, those three guys, I'm looking for those guys to all play extremely well. And Ray Flores has always had the misfortune of being behind Quadres and Josh. And uh, last year, of course, Trayvon Hughes as well. But uh, Ray, who uh, prepped at uh, Isleta High School here in El Paso, uh, is a pretty uh, good and versatile back of his own. He's so fundamentally sound and he's a very good athlete. And so it's a great combination. And every time he touches the football, uh, in, in camp, you're like, this guy's doing really good things with what he does, and he'll run this play, and we'll say, you know what, Ray's got a great feel for that play, and then we'll run this play, and we'll say, you know, Ray's got a great feel for that play, and uh, and he works so hard, and he's consistent and rock solid on and off the field. You know, he's a 3.9 or 4.0 I he I think he might be a 4.0, but he's darn close. If he's not, he doesn't have many Bs, if any, on his transcript as an engineer. So that just says it all right there. He's got everything you need to have a successful player in your program. Miners are probably as deep at the running back spot as they are anywhere else on the field, and that extends to your two fullbacks, uh, too, who are yes. both uh, back from a year ago, James Tupo and Forrest McKee. And, boy, have they improved. Forrest McKee's not even the same player he was two years ago. It's not it's night and day. The camp that he's had, he, he's gone. Uh, something has just really clicked with Forrest. And again, he never redshirted, but the camp that he's having now is just tremendous. And, of course, James is so physical, and James has gotten better and better because he's doing the same things over again now, right? It's repetition in the system for those two guys. And so those two guys are a really nice one-two punch for us. They're at fullback, uh, H-back type of guys for us. So, again, the, you got two really, really solid football players there. All right. 
to the quarterback spot, where basically you start over again after Kyle Loxley and Brandon Jones have moved uh-huh. along. Gavin Hardison got into a couple of games right at the end of the season. You were dealt a blow over the weekend when uh, T.J. Goodwin opted out. Where are you at this point at quarterback? At quarterback, Gavin's had a great camp. You know, now he can get all the reps with the ones, and that's a really positive thing for our football team. He's shown a lot of – he's doing a lot of things well. He's running the offense well. He's handling things well. He's seen blitz as well. He's checking to the proper checks. It, you know, obviously it's not perfect where you want a quarterback to be, but where he is in his progression, he's much, much ahead of where he would have been last year. You know, really we didn't want to have to put him in last year, but when BJ got went down, we were kind of forced to, and Kai would get hurt. We were forced to put Gavin in the ball game and play him some, but that got him a lot of experience, and you can see that he's comfortable. He's not a nervous guy. He's not one of those antsy, nervous guys. I don't get a nervous feeling about Gavin at all, and that's a really positive thing in a quarterback quarterback so his game you know well let's just watch him play I'm excited to watch him play you know that's all I'm gonna say what what did you like from the two games you had a chance to see him in last year yeah well I know he got put in a horrible situation playing against the best defense in the league in in UAB and coming in with the team behind right right you know getting put into that kind of a situation uh you know fighting a you know battle against a team that had a ton of momentum at the time you know, you're coming in, you know, behind the eight ball a little bit right there. And, and uh, he did some really good things in that game, some really positive things in the game. Enough to, 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 for me, you know, for Bill Clark, the coach of UAB, who's a football coach and doesn't have any, you know, he's not a political guy. He's just a football coach to say to me, you know what, that kid's going to be pretty dang good. And he has no reason to say that, you know. And uh, that was exciting to hear just a, another opinion from from somebody else right there. Uh, you know, and and I see the same things. I mean, he's got a lot of raw talent, and he's a good, and he's really starting to understand things. And we got him for a long time to come, and we just got to keep him upright and keep him healthy. You know, that's the big thing. I know he'll get better and better and better and better as as he progresses. His upside is through the roof, John. It really, really is. And then uh, uh, Calvin Brownholtz now has taken on the role, and he's getting the reps and. If you just go to practice like you do and see him, he gets better every day now. It's just amazing. He just needed reps. The kid just needed reps. He threw and, a couple of balls today that opened yeah, my eyes. Yeah, he really does. He puts it out there, and then he's just so athletic. He can move. He's got, he's got good, he's got good arm talent, and he's got good leg talent. So he's a combination, and that's a really positive for us to have the, in the system. The one good thing for Calvin is, is he's gotten a little time on special teams. In fact, a couple of years ago, he threw a special teams block at Western. Kentucky that I still I vividly vividly remember yeah he's tough Calvin's tough kid you know and that's what you want he's a he's a tough hard-nosed guy you know today he ran he ran a play and ran somebody over you know what I mean now I don't want him doing that in games but he's got that ability to be able to do that you know and uh, that's what you like it just brings some energy and enthusiasm to the football team and he knows see it's not like I mean he get in there he takes the signals he gets up the last scrimmage he runs he's been with us for three years well and see that's the thing yeah. although he hasn't gotten a ton of reps right. on the field he's right. he's been in the quarterback room and familiar with your system right. now three years running yeah and in the k-state way he 
has gotten a lot of reps because that's what our whole system is about, banking reps, banking reps, banking reps, even the guys that might be third and fourth string at times, and then eventually that helps as you start to build your program. And so Calvin's benefited from that. So he does have a lot of back, uh, reps banked. He's taken a lot of mental reps as well. He's been locked in. He's been locked in and means a very competitive kid. And so that part of it's shining. You know, he doesn't have any trouble with the orchestration of the offense. And now Isaiah Bravo is getting reps, uh, you know, who was a JC guy starter at Cerritos that we brought in that no one talks about anymore. Now he's getting reps and he gets in there. He doesn't make a mental mistake at all. I mean, I'm just like, wow, that's impressive. He's running with our threes and he's not making a mental mistake. It's just everything's boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, that really shows me that that kid's been locked in and he's got arm talent and leg talent too. So to me, you know, I, I'm feeling fine about that position. We just got to keep Gavin healthy. But our two backups, I feel, I feel are just going to keep getting better and better and better. So much of quarterbacking is just decision-making. And obviously some of that has to do with experience and confidence, and it all plays into it. But, you know, how well do you expect, particularly Gavin, to do in that regard? Well, it's just going to be a learning curve, right? Yeah, there has sure. to be. I mean, it's just that's – that's life, right? I mean, that's college football life. You're not, you know, you're going to get better, right? You're not going to start off as the best quarterback in the world, but you can work yourself into that position by doing things the way they're supposed to be done. Now, does he have the ability to be a great quarterback? Yes. And so now it's just the progression of getting him there. Well, and that's why it was, I think, very important for you to go out and find a game for the 5th of September before we go into the Lions' den in, uh, in Austin on Absolutely. September the 12th, that's right? Well, that's one of the motivations that uh, – that uh, Jim and I talked about. Let's let's get a game. Let's get our kids a game. Or so many new faces. Let's get a game before you go in into UT because UT is is good. I mean UT, you know they they look at it as like they didn't have a good season last year, but they beat number eleven Utah's pants off in a bowl game, right? And they played Rice, who had a better team last year, and they were ahead of Rice thirty-one to to, to nothing at the halfway through the second quarter last year, John, and they were ahead of La Tech, our divisional champions, 38 to nothing at the end of the third quarter. So to say that's going to be a test is is, is just saying things lightly. It's going to be a really good test for our football team, and we'll be excited about it. But we got a ton of work ahead of us first yeah, because that we, can wait. we got a big challenge. Texas right, right, can yeah, wait. Jeez, that's not even worth talking Texas about. Texas right can wait. Oscar yeah. Arrieta's All-State Agency is a proud hometown, locally owned agency with 22 years experience and five El Paso locations to serve you. Oscar Arrieta's All-State Agency is a proud sponsor of the UTEP Miners, and you know Miners are in good hands with All-State. Oscar Arrieta's All-State Agency. We'll take another time out. We've still got to talk about the tight ends, the receivers, the offensive line, and maybe some special teams. We'll get to the defense on the show next week as we preview the season opener against Stephen F. Austin. Hope you're enjoying it. It's the season debut of UTEP football with Dana Dimmel from the Larry K. Durham Center. Right back with more on 600 ESPN El Paso. Final segment of the first show of 2020 as the Miners get ready for Stephen F. Austin on Saturday, September 5th, a 7 o'clock kickoff. By the way, the gates are going to be opening three hours in advance of the, uh, actually the parking lots. The gates are going to open two hours in advance of kickoff. So the uh, parking lots will open at 4 o'clock. The gates will open at 5. The Miners and Stephen F. Austin at 7. Uh, our coverage begins at 6 with the Longhorn Distributing Countdown to Kickoff Show. And excited to have Mike Perez 
former UTEP quarterback joining me in the booth uh, this season. Bernie Ricono has retired after 28 years by my side. Excited to have the uh, former minor quarterback, Mike Perez, joining me in the booth. Yeah, uh, Bernie Bernie did a great job and just awesome. You know, what a, what a obviously tremendous uh, time he served and did a great job, and I would really enjoyed the two years that I spent with him. And so, you know, hats off to to him and what he did for us really you know looking for and mike and i have got to know each other and i just like he's just got a great you know i know he's a big fan and he's got obviously invested in the program uh, heavily invested and i know he'll do a really do a really good job and be very knowledgeable each and every uh, weekend that we play so excited about that i'm excited about playing this weekend next weekend and i know you are tice right and i'm excited to be back we, I, you're excited to be back football i can see it in your eyes i can feel it in your in the tone of your voice it's that time of year yeah i'm excited to work with you again working with the minor legend like you are it's my honor me, you, that goes for me double any uh, uh, count on that i uh, want to remind you that pepsi is the official beverage sponsor of the utep miners pepsi that's what I like. All right, again, we'll be back uh, next week uh, with another show at, uh, at 6 o'clock from right here. What's to be done between now and this time next week? Well, <laughs> yeah, a lot. You know, we've got a good schedule to have a practice tomorrow. I really talked to the team a lot about, you know, matching uh, our intensity levels and doing a great job with our intensity level tomorrow and Friday with some good two-hour spirited practices. Saturday we'll get on the Sun Bowl field and in our beautiful Sun, Sun Bowl Stadium, our renovated Sun Bowl Stadium that look, just looks gorgeous, and, uh, and, and get a situation you know, our situational work in, and then we'll start have Sundays their day off, and then Monday we'll start back with a good two-hour practice on Monday. Tim, thanks a lot. Uh, have a good week of work. We'll look forward to visiting again uh, this time next week. Sounds good, Tash. I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Thank yep. you so much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll talk to you next time, this next Wednesday at 6 o'clock on another edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel. Welcome back. It's the season premiere of uh, UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel as we come your way from the Larry K. Durham Center. The Miners getting ready for a season opener that's going to get here all too soon. A week from this Saturday at uh, 7 o'clock, Stephen F. Austin will be here to begin the Miners season. Just a quick reminder, UTEP has gone to mobile ticketing, digital ticketing this year, uh, and uh, single-game tickets those that are left, and again, there's going to be a capacity of about 8,500 to 9,000 for the minor uh, home games in the Sun Bowl this year. Individual game tickets will go on sale this coming Monday, but all advanced ticket sales and parking pass sales are going to occur remotely this year. You can call 747-UTEP. That's 747-UTEP. Go online to minors.com slash tickets. Again, that's 747-UTEP or online to utepminers.com slash tickets. Now, game day tickets can be purchased at either the north or south end zone box office. But prior to game day, all ticket sales will go through remote means, either by telephone or online at utepminers.com. And, of course, season tickets are still available as well. You can call 747 uh, again, UTEP, 747-UTEP, and get your season tickets for the Miners' uh, six home games in this uh, 2020 UTEP football campaign. Looking at the Miners on uh, offense, and again, if you'd like to uh, tweet us, it's uh, at UTEP uh, 
minor voice and uh, 8805763 is the number to call if you'd like to do that as well. Let's see. No, we don't have another tweet. So let's get to the uh, wide receivers where, you know, this time a year ago and you and I were talking on the very first show of the year, I really felt that it was hard to identify other than perhaps Kai Loxley with uh, with with Quadres Wadley out in particular, who the minor playmakers were going to be, and certainly didn't see any established playmakers among the wide receivers. Boy, did Justin Garrett and Jacob Cowing come on like gangbusters a year ago! Yeah, and gosh darn, are they elevating their game and they're thriving off of each other and they're pushing the other guys around them. Uh, but those two are practicing at such a high level right now. They both improved themselves physically. You know, Jacob did it just coming right off the streets, you know, uh, coming right out without any offseason. And now, of course, he had the offseason and uh, he knows the system so much better. And he's got his routes so much more precise. And he's doing some tremendous things there at the receiver spot. And then Justin Garrett is just the leader of our football team. He's just rock solid and, and is playing at a huge high level. And both those guys are, are tremendous playmakers for us. And it stimulates the other guys around them to prepare and watch the way they practice because every rep is full speed, right? Every rep is full speed. And we run a lot of routes at practice. We're running so many different concepts in our passing game at practice. And so and they and they don't make mental mistakes and they and they run them all extremely well uh, with great fundamentals, too. So watching those two practice is really, really, really neat thing. You've got some experience behind those two. Devon Cooper, who transferred in last year from the University of Arizona, played four games, then got hurt, didn't play again, is back. And Walter Dawn, who's been around forever, uh, Walter obviously is back. And I know that you've devised some ways to try and get the ball in his hands and uh, try and utilize his speed. And then a young man from right here in town who redshirted a year ago but certainly provides an inviting uh, target, uh, Quintavious Workman. Uh, has has gotten a lot of work in camp. Yep, and so our big push is finding that third receiver to complement those two, and Walter stepped up and has got that spot locked in as a slot guy for us, and he's doing some really good things, and he's very dynamic when he gets the ball in his hand. He's improving every day on his route running ability and really getting a much better feel, working at a high level and doing some really positive things, so looking forward to Walt being the third guy that does some dynamic things for us. And then, you know, right now Coop is, is is back and going and he's just so smooth and athletic and he just is a he he makes plays you know coop makes plays and so for coop now it's just getting locked into the daily routine of getting himself ready to play nine days from now because he can really help this football team and but he needs to lock in and do the things that can help him to be the best player he can be and that could be a very very good player for us um and then quintavious workman you talked about quintavious is the six six target out there that makes lets quarterbacks be able to have lots of room for air and easy to find on different routes that match what he does and so Quintavious is just a young pup that's just getting better and better and just needs to really lock down because now it's it's go time right and so now your time to grow up's over Q we need to get better each and every day and then Josh Farr is a junior college transfer that just is really talented and does a lot of really good things for us and uh, he's making a hard push right now at the receiver position and so uh, you know, he's definitely well into our top six uh, players at that position, probably higher up than 
than that. And he's probably, you know, probably our fourth or fifth guy right now in our system. And so um, I like what he's doing and he's getting, he was starting off doing really well, got a little bit of a tweak of an injury and now he's back, getting himself back to a hundred percent healthy, you know, and, Go ahead. At tight end, uh, Trent Thompson obviously is back. He's a, a proven commodity. And then you've got a lot of new faces. A lot of new faces. Zach Fryer is a guy that we brought in four for three from New Mexico Military Institute. So he's a young redshirt freshman. He's a great blocker. He's really, really got some ability to get up underneath people and block. And he's very athletic and he's 240 pounds. I like Zach. He's going to be a really talented player for us. And then uh, Luke Soto is a guy that we're trying to get on the field. Um, from Bakersfield, we're just getting his tra- transcript catching up with him. He's been, you know, good for two weeks, but we can't get his transcripts here yet. You know, we're trying to get him here and get him on the field. And he's 6'5", 255. We know he's going to be able to help us there. Uh, Austin Yankawi and Rashad Beecham give us some depth there as well, uh, backing up those three guys. Offensive line, you don't have as much experience depth as you had a year ago. I know you feel good about uh, some of the young kids you've brought into the program. Right. They haven't played yet. I think your first five are okay. Zuri Henry, Bobby DeHaro, Andrew Meyer, uh, and uh, Klein, Elijah Klein, and Jeremiah Byers. Right. I like those guys. I like all of them can run. You know what I mean? All of them run well. Uh, Bobby's the leader of the pack. He's so physical, and he's really practicing really, really well. He's gotten so much better uh, in the last couple years, and this year he's playing even better than he played last year, so I'm looking forward to watching Bobby play in his physicality. Andrew Meyer is just such an athletic center and can do so many neat things and super smart and big. Uh, you know, no one knows much about Andrew, but he's got a chance to be a really, really good center for us. Elijah Klein is a big-time player. He's consistent, but a really talented, talented athlete. Zuri, we know, started for us in the past, done some really good things. He's really coming into his own these last 10 days. And then Jeremiah Byers is our guy that we know has got the upside out, you know, just beautiful-looking uh, athlete out there at right tackle. So we think our starting five is so much more athletic than our starting five was last year far and above more athletic what we're trying to do is develop our depth there now that's the big thing for us now and there are probably three or four kids and robert mervin jamel Mayers, <laughs> along with uh, Stephen hubbard and uh, uh well those three certainly uh, you think might be able to play real soon yeah you know robert mervin can play center guard tackle He's 335 pounds and can run at 335. He covers up people really well. Justin Mayers is was coming out of spring ball, was pushing to be really at a high level up with the ones and has missed a little bit of time, was back today, and looking forward to him progressing and being ready to play. He's got a, again, I really like what he's going to be for us and how good he's going to be. And then Stephen Hubbard's a new junior college guy we brought in that's doing some really positive things for us at the guard position. And then after that, you know, that's our top eight. And then, you know, we're developing Jaime Perales right now. Uh, as a nine, a local product that's really doing some good things. Cameron Cooper is a tackle force that's doing some nice things at the right tackle position. And Tucker Dunbar is a junior college tackle that's been out a little bit, but now he's back. And we're hoping that he's going to establish himself and give us another offensive tackle there in that rotation uh, that we didn't talk about earlier. Teich, it's a guy that has been out a couple days, and so he's back going now. And we're just going to watch him try to progress too. So that you know, that's really our depth there. And then the, the, some of the new pups that you talked about that could play for us early this year too 
Gavin Beckley returns as the Miners' uh, place kicker. I, I thought he was terrific his first time around in that regard, and obviously uh, the strong leg uh, with uh, with uh, kickoffs. Uh, you've got an Australian punter that's here now by the name of Joshua Sloan, who I know you're excited about, and of course Duran Lowe, uh, Justin Garrett, Walter Dawn back to return kicks and punts. Yeah, lots of experience there, and Duran was very dynamic there. Walt's shown to be dynamic at the return spot, um, and then of course Justin Garrett so solid at the punt return spot and Gavin Beckley had a really good year this year and expecting him to you know have another really good year for us this year and then Josh Sloan the punter is a real tall athletic looking punter for us so it's nice to have a good athlete back there and we're looking forward to watching him get himself ready to play here in in nine days ten days all right we're going to take our last time out we'll come back with some final words as we head towards the end of this uh, the season's first edition of utep football with dana dimmel stay with us on 600 espn el paso